Welcome to The Screen, the podcast series brought to you by Breast Screen Victoria. We want to see women empowered by information because when you're informed, you can make the best choice for your health. Through the early detection of breast cancer, we hope to offer women the best chance of recovery. So today we talked to Breast Screen Ambassador Kerry Welsh. Kerry was diagnosed with DCIS in 2009. DCIS is ductal carcinoma in situ, which is abnormal cells that are contained within the milk duct. Thanks for talking with us today, Kerry. It's lovely to speak with you. Tell us a little bit about your experience with breast screen. I first went for a mammogram. I was, oh, it's 2009. We never forget dates once we've gone through breast cancer. Really just for a bit of a checkup, I had noticed my nipple was looking a little bit funny, nothing, no, no seepage, no, nothing like that, but just looked a bit sad occasionally. Um, and it was winter and they don't normally look sad in winter. Um, so anyway, I went to my doctor and I was starting to get a few hot flushes. So I thought I must be coming into sort of early menopause. So I was 48 and we decided to go through a few blood tests and sugar tests and all those sorts of things. And one of them was, would you like a referral for um, breast screen to have a mammogram? And I... And Kerry, I'll just let our listeners know, a referral is not required to come and see us at breast screen. That's right. So I thought, oh yeah, okay, there's... Oh yeah, okay. Thank you very much. So I left it go for a couple of months, got all those other checks done, let the mammogram go because as I've said to many people, Breast cancer is not in my family, so I didn't really think there was an, an issue for me to go have a mammogram as such. You didn't think it could happen to you? No, don't we all think that? So anyway, I, I rang and, and booked an appointment, but unfortunately I had to do another job, which meant that um, it was late finishing. I had to cancel that appointment, so I booked for another appointment rang to cancel that appointment because, again, this job was ongoing. Someone was quite ill. And it was fortunate that the receptionist said, uh, Kerry, we're open till, I think it was seven, it was open late. Would you like the last appointment? So I, I grabbed that and it worked out perfect. And look, I thank my lucky stars every day for that receptionist who advised me to take the last appointment. I went along to that mammogram I really never expected to hear or get a phone call, but three days later I had that phone call that said, look, doctor has seen something, don't panic, but we'd like you to come back for another scan. And so that's how it all started. And do you remember the day when they told you and, and what it was that they said to you? When I went back in for the, the next mammogram and uh, a scan, there were 18 of us in there that morning because I counted and three of us remained behind. We then had to have a few other little biopsies, et cetera. I sort of knew once that had started that, hey, there might just be something going on here. But I was still a very positive person and I knew there wasn't a lump. There was no lump. No lump was found. So I sort of thought it's probably just procedure. I'd not heard of DCIS before. That's what you were diagnosed with. And that's with. what I was diagnosed with. Right. So that following Monday when I went in with my partner was very traumatic actually because um, I walked into the waiting into the actual doctor's room and we waited and a counsellor came in and introduced herself and Rennie squeezed my hand and I sort of looked at him and thought, oh, this doesn't look good. Mm. Then a nurse came in and popped a box of tissues on the desk and I thought, this doesn't look good at all. Still thinking, but I've got no lump. 
the doctor walked in and he didn't really beat around the bush, which was good because I'm not that sort of person. He he did fill my breast again and uh, popped me up and said, look, there's no real way of saying this, but unfortunately we're going to have to perform a mastectomy on your right breast. It is full of DCIS, which then he explained without a mammogram, this would never have been found. I don't remember much more after that except just crying and sobbing. And um, look, see, I still get emotional when nearly nine years on. Um, it was, yeah, very traumatic. And oh, thank God for the mammogram is all I can That's say. That's right, because it wouldn't have been picked up without that screen. That's right. Do you remember the thoughts that ran through your mind or is it still a blur even to this day? No, one of the biggest things was we were halfway through building a house and the roof had just gone on. And all I could think of was, well, that's it. I'm not going to get to live in that house. And it wasn't the fact that it was cancer and, gee, I may not be around in six, 12 months' time. It was more the fact that, oh, my gosh, it's cancer. There's surgeries. There's medical bills. There's all these things that were going through my head. And and then it was the next, the next thought was, I'm going to have to tell the girls at work. Mm. They all knew I had gone back in for this result. And we were a fairly close-knit group of girls. I was their supervisor. It's amazing how you don't think of yourself at the time. It's no, all about You still think about things. other people and other things. Work, my family. How the hell was I going to explain this to my father who was elderly? Cancer didn't play a big role in the first few days. It was the loss of the breast. Mm. That was actually quite something to really try and wrap your head around was that I was going to lose a part of my body. But the way I saw it was in the end, it's only my breast. I'll get a new one. I'll get a, you know, I'll have reconstruction surgery. That's right. How soon after was the surgery? I, did, I waited 12 months. The doctor didn't want me to have it done on the day of the surgery, mainly in case I needed some more surgery done. He didn't want, and fortunately, very lucky, I didn't need chemo. That's very lucky. So very, very lucky. Look, I had a young, my youngest niece, who's beautiful, beautiful girl, long blonde hair, who came up to me. She was 15 and she said, Auntie Kerry, I'm going to shave my hair off. And I said, why are you going to do that, Britt? And she said, I'm going to shave my hair off for you. And I said, but I don't need to have chemo. I said, I'm not going to lose my hair. And she almost cried and said, oh, thank God. She said, I, I was doing it for you, but I, it was, you know, and I said, she it's all right, She didn't really Brit. want to No, she didn't hair. want to, but she was going to but do she it would just have for me. You. That's yes. right. I Did thought, you have radiotherapy? No. So because they caught it early, no radiotherapy or chemotherapy? Yeah, just the loss of the breast. And uh, six days in hospital, tamoxifen for the next five years. And now I'm all clear. I'm all I'm all good. Fantastic. Still vigilant. Fantastic. Yes. Do you still screen with us? I do. Yes. Yes. So tell us about the support that you had. You mentioned you had your partner there on the day. Did you have a good support network around you? I did. I was very lucky. Um, I've heard, you know, years on how there are a lot of people who don't have that that support. So family-wise, uh, some very close friends. Financially, the the offers from family. I come from a very large family. And I guess um, when I think of my partner, and it, it does make me quite emotional, what he did for me. Um, and he just said, I, I wouldn't have done anything less, Kerry, for you. And, you know, we're, we're 27 years down the track now, and he still is that 
supportive person. But he rang each family member for me because I just couldn't call. I was just a mess at the time. So he rang and explained to each family member what I was going through. He rang a couple of my closest friends. He rang my work and spoke to my boss at the time, who was devastated. And and, and the whole time he couldn't he felt like he couldn't grieve with me because he was so busy trying to support me. Yes, he wanted to be the strong he, one for He you. was, and he was, and mm. he he did so much groundwork for the next phase, which was my reconstructive surgery. He just did an incredible amount. And, you know, how do you thank someone like that? Absolutely. You, you just can't. Words just aren't enough. No, they're not. Did he get the support that he needed to? Not so much. At the time, he was having a bit of an issue with his family, with family business, and we never did tell his family. So for him, from his family point of view, no. But from my family, because he's been around for so long, yes. And I had given uh, my two sisters strict instructions to make sure that should anything happen to me down the track, Mm. that he was to be looked after and supported. That's lovely. So tell us a little bit more about your role. You're an ambassador with us Mm -hmm. for Breast Green Victoria, and we thank you for that. It's so lovely to have people like you that that share our story. What was it that made you sign up for this and to help us spread this message? I know this probably sounds strange, but because I didn't have chemotherapy and radiation, there's other people out there I'm sure that have, well, I know, have experienced horrendous, horrendous time while going through breast cancer. But I guess the one thing that sticks in my mind is if I hadn't had that mammogram, it would never have been found. And I I often say, look, my journey would have been so different. It might have been too late. And so if I can just promote and, and let people know that you've got to have mammograms because not all cancers are lumps, but mine was was never going to be found. That's not to say that I'm still not vigilant with feeling my other breast because I could get a lump, but I might not. I may go through the rest of my life with not having to experience this ever again. But um, it is very important to have your screening. That's right. And you still have your regular screens. I and do. You know, your, you know firsthand how important it is to catch it early. The first screening after the actual um, breast cancer can be quite traumatic. Mm, I can imagine. You know, but after that each year... I wouldn't say it gets easier, but you, you, I don't know, I just walk out of there now and go, yep, that's it, that's it, done for another year. That's right, done. Yes. So tell me, what is it that just pushes you through that fear to go back for that screen after you've had a cancer diagnosis? The fear of, of it returning, I suppose. Is more than the fear of it yes, itself. Yes, exactly, because I now know that I could cope with another diagnosis. I know that. I got through this, and it might sound strange, but... If I had to lose another breast, I could do it. As I say to people, my breasts are now like that of a 25-year-old, all right? They've been, I've got a new one. The <laughs> other one was... a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> so I I sort of say, look, it is very traumatic to lose that part of your body, especially if your partner's a, a breast man, but um, you can do it. I, I'm now capable and it makes you a better person in some ways. Do you feel as though you're a different person yes, to who you were pre-diagnosis? Yes, very much so, because you know what you've just been through. You're capable of dealing. Sometimes when I've been on the phone to a customer and they're ranting and raving over something, I just think, really? Is it worth it? Really? You're carrying on about this? And, and the, 
But anyway, that's that's their stress for the day. So that's right, that's right. So what would you say to the woman who is nervous about screening, who just feels like it's oh it's uncomfortable, it's painful, I just don't want to do it, or might be fearful of the result? What would you say to that woman if she was your friend, perhaps? I have a friend like that who I feel at times just want to smack. Um, we're a group of eight ladies. Three of us have had breast cancer, and here's this one friend who's never had a mammogram because it will hurt. And I just said, um, to have a have an actual mammogram, they're very nice, the people who tend to you. They are women, of course. It is a little bit uncomfortable, but it's probably 20 to 30 seconds of discomfort. I would rather have a mammogram and know where I stood and walk out there smiling. And if there is an issue then you will be called back and they will deal with it fairly promptly. Um, I have no, I had no issues with the, with the treatment and the phone calls and the follow-ups. I personally would rather know that I had breast cancer than have that doubt in my mind mm. only to become worse six months down the track. That's right. And hopefully, like in your scenario, best case, where there is no treatment and just surgery. Yes, that's right. And, and you can survive without a breast um, really, you can. Well, thank you, Kerry. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much, Natalie. If you're a woman aged between 50 and 74 and you haven't had a breast screen in the last two years, maybe it's time to book that appointment. It takes 10 minutes, it's with a woman, you don't need a doctor's referral, and it's free. Call us on 13 20 50 or visit our website, breastscreen.org.au. I'm Natalie Pearson. Thanks for listening.